Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fat Boy MMA Podcast. I am your host, DC. And of course, I got my co-host here with me, Locke. So, on today's episode of the podcast, this is probably a fight that only I'm interested in. (laughs) I wanted to talk about, I reached out to you when I saw that, um, you know, Alistair Overeem decided to, you know, go back over to kickboxing and have a fight. And I forget who he was originally scheduled to fight, but something happened with that fight or an injury or something like that. And so Glory decided to make Alistair Overing versus Badahari 3. So the first fight ended in a knockout. Alistair knocked out Badahari. The second fight ended in a knockout. Badahari knocked out Alistair Overing. Now, Badahari is 37 years old. Alistair Overeem is 42 years old. Their last fight, part two, was back in 2009. So we're talking about 13 years ago. And now we're finally about to see part three. So before I get into anything, <laughs> I want to know your opinion on the, the whole fight and everything like that. Yes. That is an insult. That is such an insult. <laughs> I'll tell you the difference. The difference is both of these guys, for the most part, are still active fighters. They're just no longer in their prime. Chuck hadn't fought in 100 years, and I cannot confirm nor deny that he has some type of drug or alcohol problem, or both. Yes, and... He was he he looks really really old. Like watching that was almost like watching somebody abuse a old person on the street. Although Overeem is forty two years old, even in his last MMA fight, which he lost, he doesn't look old yet. And if he was fighting some young. Well, that goes into something I'm going to talk about later, right? Yeah, we, we yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's coming back. <laughs> but um, you know, he 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 doesn't look like yes. 
He, I think he did. I, I think he did, and I don't believe that they test for tainted horse meat, which means this is a whole different ball game. I don't know where, you know, Glory kind of moves around. It's probably over there. I don't know where it's at. I'll, I'll look it up. I'm pretty sure it's out there because they already announced the um, when it's supposed to happen, so I'm pretty sure it is going to be... Well, I'm pretty sure I can find where it's actually at. Um, <laughs> but saying that to say, um, you know, I don't look at these two individuals both being past their prime and being older as the same. And if one of them was fighting kind of a young up and coming guy, I would be worried. But. They fought each other twice before. It's kind of a grudge match. And I I think that it is a fight that I would love to see. Should Overeem retire? Probably. He probably should have been retired. But a fight like this doesn't put any alarms on me. Like, And we're talking about Overeem. He's been knocked out at least 300 times, right? What's one more knockout gonna hurt <laughs> for you know for me to see a really good fight? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, plus I th I think it's go ahead. No, because every fight, especially with a lot of the heavyweights, but him in particular, he still has that style that's kill or be killed. So he's usually knocking somebody out or getting knocked out. So I would say a very long time, probably not even in the UFC. I don't think his losses in the UFC were, I think all of them were knockouts. Yeah. I can believe it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. It's heavyweight. What do you expect? <laughs> but it looks like that fight, um, so that fight is going to be Glory Collision 4. It's uh, October 8th, and it's going to be in the Netherlands, which is huge because, if I'm not mistaken, that's where both of these guys are from. Um, I know that um, Badahari is originally... I want to say he's originally from somewhere in the Middle East, but I think he was kind of raising everything in the Netherlands. Um, so I think that's a big fight for kind of the area, region, and everything like that. And if you are into uh, 
kickboxing, in my opinion, this is one of those fights that you would have wanted to have seen for, you know, a while. It's like, I'm surprised it took so long to happen, but once Overeem signed that UFC contract, we knew that there was going to be no kickboxing in his near future because, as we know, they just don't allow for that, you know, kind of co-fighting type of deal. Um, but I do want to run down a couple things for... Yep, go ahead. I did not know that. Mm. I did not know that. I did not know that. Yeah, I thought I thought Badahari was originally from Morocco or something like that. I'll have to I'll have to find out where I Yeah, but I thought that was where he was actually born. You know what I mean? But Bert what is Berber? I'm not familiar with that at all. Yeah, Morocco. It's probably Morocco. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. You. I mean, you were probably right, though. This is the thing. He might just be, his parents may be from there and not necessarily, he wasn't born there. But, you know, yeah. It's just a lot of people, a lot of people are, like, um, in particular certain areas that they're born in. And then as a very young child, they're brought to a different area and that's where they're raised and everything. So everything that they know is of that area, not necessarily where they were born. I thought that was him, but you know, I can be uh, mistaken, but I did want to run down some accolades, um, notable wins and things of that sort, because a lot of people in the MMA world may not know Badahari at all. Some of them may not even know Overeem particularly, um, if they started watching recently because it's not like he's the big headline out there, right? So with Badahari, he is a kickboxer. <laughs> the disrespect. So Badahari is, um, he's, uh, um, he's a heavyweight He's fought for multiple promotions, which is one of the things that I like about kickboxing. You're usually not tied to a promotion. So he's fought for K1. He's fought for Glory. Um, I think he fought for It's Showtime. You know, a lot of different uh, promotions. But, um, you know, some of his accolades, He's he won the uh, K1 heavyweight. He was heavyweight champion. Um, he won the Grand Prix. Notable wins, Gokan Saki, which some people may know him from him kind of recently over the last few years coming over to the UFC, but I don't think the Gokan Saki in the UFC gives any justice to prime Gokan Saki in kickboxing. The guy was a monster and he was always fighting giants because he's not a really big guy. Uh, he fought Ray Sefo which, you know, people may know if you watch um, World Series of Fighting. He, um, I, 
I believe he had a hand in starting that promotion when it was, um, or what is it now? IFL. But he had a hand in starting it when it was World Series of promote, uh, uh, the World Series of Fighting. Yeah. Yeah, he is because he fought on one of the, yeah, he fought on one of his own cards, right? It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm the promoter and everything, but yeah, I'm going to go out here and fight. <laughs> I don't know. But um, Peter Ertz, absolute legend. Uh, your guy, Hong Man Choi. Uh, Earl Zimmerman. Sammy Shields, which, you know, some people consider Sammy Shields as the um, the GOAT of, of uh, kickboxing. Um, yeah, Stefan uh, Lenko. Just some of the names of people that he beat. He also um, lost to, lost a decision to my favorite. Go ahead. What were you about to say? Yeah, and that Anderson Silva, he's good, but the only reason why I didn't name him is because it's not really anything notable that he really did that I'm aware of in the world of kickboxing, but I think he's a good kickboxer. But just so people know, it's not the Anderson Silva of... MMA. It's a whole different Anderson Silva. And his real name, I don't even think his real name is Silva. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But um but um one of my favorite fighters that he did fight and he lost the first fight and probably could have won the second, but he had this what was known as a notable meltdown, and that is Remy Bonjowski. That's my favorite kickboxer of all times uh they had a really good fight the first fight in the second fight um Badahari was really coming on and he had hurt him with a punch but then when he went after him and he kind of pushed him to the ground but he was hurt but then he decided to not only jump down there even though the referee jumped in he decided to jump down there and start trying to punch him and then when a referee was pulling him back, he decided to foot stump him in the head. And just so that everybody knows, that's not allowed, any of it, <laughs> in kickboxing. If a person gets dropped, you stop just like boxing. You can't hit them or anything on the ground, let alone, you know, do a pride-style foot stump. So... <laughs> So that's just a little history on Badahari. Um, as far as Overeem, hey, you know, I try to do what I, I try to do what I can. As far as uh, Overeem, accolades, he was Strike Force champion, Dream champion, K1 Grand Prix champion. As a matter of fact, the year that he won the Grand Prix was the year that he uh, knocked out Badahari. I think that was in the semifinals, I believe. But notable wins, of course, he has Badahari that he beat. Oh, another notable win for Badahari, of course, was Overeem because they're one and one. But he uh, Overeem also beat Ertz. He beat Gokan Saki. But a big one that he beat was Tyrone Spong. And, you know, for people that don't know, Spong was an absolute monster back in the day in kickboxing. And they were former uh, training partners. And... Um, so that was a, a big win. And 
I mean, and when we go over to the world of MMA, he's fought the who's who because he's been in every major, you know, MMA promotion pretty much. He's fought the who's who of everybody in heavyweight, wins, losses, everything like that. But that's just a little background on these two guys. And yes, they are past their prime. They're older, but I still see this as a good fight, a good matchup. And Neither fight, I think the first one was a um, second-round knockout, and the second one was a first-round knockout. And it's not like they don't land many punches on each other. And when a punch gets landed, somebody goes down. So I'm interested to see how this unfolds, and especially with Overeem. Back then, he was more of the brute force fighter. Once he couldn't have the horse meat anymore because the U.S. is a very bad place and they ban horse meat and the UFC helped them do it. <laughs> right. Once that happened, and especially when he did that stand over at Jackson Winks, he really started developing his style even more and really started honing his skills because he couldn't do the brute force. So I'm interested in those two things coming together and him taking some of the things that he learned in a new style, but then, you know, being able to get the nutrients that he need for his balanced diet. I'm really interested. You don't say. First of all, I want to do a whole episode on Melvin Mahoof because I don't think the world today knows who he was or knows the killer that he is. He's one of my favorite combat athletes of all time, period. The guy is insane. But this is what I'll say. Because I was going to say something, but it ties into this. When Overeem was over at Jackson Winks, one of the things that he ended up doing was deciding to hire uh, Mike from Mike's gym as his uh, as his uh Striking coach. Mike from Mike's gym is Badahari striking coach and he was Melvin Manhu's striking coach. So he was trying to get and mix some of that energy into what he had. Now, it does not seem that it worked out well for him, but uh, Mike from Mike's gym is a real no nonsense. I'm the boss a hundred percent and you do every single thing that I say. 
And I don't think that that ended up working well with Overeem's personality. But when you see these guys that go out there and just completely lay it all on the line like that, and they're from that Dutch style, they probably trained or trained at Mike's gym. But, yeah, so I don't want to see Melvin Melhu fight either one of them because he is all of probably 5'7". And both of these guys are giants, like 6'5", 6'6". But what's crazy is Melvin has fought at heavyweight before. And he's knocked out giants. But I don't want to see that fight. But I do want to do an episode on him because he is actually... I would love to do an episode where we watch a couple of his fights or something and talk about it because he's had some insane fights in both MMA and kickboxing. I mean, yeah, it's probably Dutch kickboxing, in my opinion, is one of the best styles that translate over to MMA. And I think the difference between that and Muay Thai has to do with the footwork and the stance. And because Dutch kickboxing has a lot more movement in it, and you're not putting so much balance on that back leg, it helps with them learning some of the grappling techniques, if for nothing else, that keeps the fight standing. And that seems to be difficult for a lot of people that come from a pure Muay Thai background to transition into not to mention um you know that dutch style when back in the day when you would always hear you don't throw single kicks a lot of that came from the dutch style because in muay thai you absolutely throw single kicks but in the dutch style a kick was always at the end of a combination you didn't go out there and throw a single kick it was you know because you you need them to put up their hands or do something to block seeing that kick coming for its its most effectiveness. So, Dutch is actually my favorite style of any type of kickboxing in the broad term, meaning American kickboxing, Dutch, Muay Thai, karate, all of those things. You throw them all in a bowl, Dutch style is my favorite. Um, do you want me to be banned from America? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's it's very effective at all. And I think it it barely exists anymore when you talk about any type of combat sports because the few things that it did right, you're already getting in some type of other martial art. Listen, even if we didn't invent it, we took it, right? Like hockey, right? (laughs) 
So yeah, but exactly. Then everybody else, you know, nothing else. Everybody else, but um. <laughs> state-sponsored horse meat. But um, I do have a question for you. With Overeem, had he stayed in kickboxing, he would have never been tested. He could have kept his supplements going on and everything like that. And he probably could have went down as one of the best all-time kickboxers. Do you think he made the good decision Stand with MMA, and in particular, going over to the UFC, where he never really hit that stride that was needed. He never could get the strap. Do you think that was still the best move? Yeah, 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 he definitely, he would get knocked out, and then he would just come back and string off three, and then it was like, if he wins this, he get a title shot, and then he gets knocked out, and he comes back and string off three, <laughs> then he fights for an interim title. Yeah, yeah. No, but I agree. I agree 100% with what you mentioned. Um, You know, I think he went for the money. And also, I think he went for what he felt like was the biggest test, prestige, everything like that. And his contract when he got signed to the UFC was one of the bigger contracts in the UFC at that time. Because, you know, whether people know it or not, he was a huge name, and he pretty much could have went anywhere. And to your point, he, um, you know, he had the strike force title. He, you know, matter of fact, how uh, how Daniel Cormier ended up winning that Grand Prix in strike force was basically because Overeem decided he just wasn't coming back to, to defend that title. Right. And it was like, okay, we got to have a new heavyweight champion. Let's do this Grand Prix. Um, But, uh, you know, the dream uh, K1, which was huge. I I don't think at that point in time, uh, anybody had ever crossed over from MMA to a promotion like K1 and won the title or, you know, in particular, the Grand Prix. 
And for people that don't know, that Grand Prix was basically bracket style, right? So you're going to end up fighting multiple people to ultimately get there. Something similar to what an IFL or somebody does today. Um, but in a lot of those lead-ups to that that final Grand Prix, um, you're fighting more than once in a night in a lot of those, um, you know, a lot of those K1 uh, matches. So, you know, as you said, he, he hit everything, but I think he went for the money, and that's probably what I would have done also, um, you know, and I think he probably would have been able to get the UFC title, particularly early on, um, you know, because when you look at a lot of the guys that were there, it was a lot of brute force guys, and I think he was the best of the brute force. And I'm talking about back when, you know, you had, uh, um, uh, shoot, I'm going to forget everybody's name, but you had uh, Brock Lesnar, you had, um, who was the big guy out of Jackson Winks? He was an engineer. He had a really bad back. He basically ended up retired. Yeah, Carwin. And, uh, you know, you had so many of those guys, and it was really kind of that era of the the really big, you know, kind of heavy hit but solid guys. And I think Overeem was the best of that bunch. But, you know, once he, you know, ran from that tester that time and got forced into a test, you know, he had to change and rethink everything. And he just wasn't the same. But, yeah, damn testing. I think, and that's that's my point. I, I'm glad you said it because I think Overeem Juice beats Brock Juice and beats almost anybody Juice. And the reason why I say that is because one, we saw what he can do. <laughs> exactly, but we was able to see what Overeem could do, Juice. But then once it was gone. He went on multiple of those runs that we talked about in the UFC as downsized and damn near lost all of his muscle mass. Everybody else that we saw that had to stop using withered away and was not competitive anymore. You know, from the Dan Hendersons to the um, to the Vitors to uh, 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 Bigfoot Silva. Bigfoot Silva, I mean, once he, once, and that now he's a little bit different. He, I think, was one of the few cases that actually needed it because of his condition. But still, once that TRT and stuff was gone, like, he was nothing anymore. The only person that lasted through that was Overeem. And it's because I think he was really good, but then also he had the assistance of the juice. I don't think Brock was that good. I just think he had the juice. We're talking about MMA. Where would you rank him at, amongst MMA heavyweights in the UFC? Where would Brock rank? When I say he's not that good, I'm not saying he can't fight. He can fight, but I'm talking about comparatively speaking.
and he rolled over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that same juiced up Brock lost to my guy, um, Frank Mir, right? And it was all skill. That was before Frank Mir even decided to get bigger. That fight was one of the reasons why he decided to get bigger. So once again, even when you get, I'm not saying the reason why he wasn't that good. I'm just saying he wasn't that good. If I look at every single UFC heavyweight champion in the history, Brock loses to almost every single one of them, even if he's juiced. So at that point in time, I can't, whereas if I say Alistair juiced, he beats almost every single one of them while he's on the juice. So that's why I'm saying it's a comparative thing. I'm only comparing, of course, listen, Brock would, would my ass would, uh, you know, with like, you know, uh, two of his fingers, because matter of fact, two of his fingers balled up into a fist is probably bigger than my fist, right? So let's just iron that. <laughs> let's just point that out right there. Yeah, they said he, um, they literally had to make special gloves for him. He was a real freak of nature, you know. Um, the way that he was built, it was really weird and deceptive because he didn't look like he was that tall or anything, but he was a taller guy too. But it was like he was built like what um, what you would always hear uh, um, Joe Rogan talk about guys built like an ogre. Like when you look at him, his size and his mass was like um, like like Shrek, like an ogre. Like he had a really big head, a really thick neck. Like he was a really big, broad guy. So when you look at him or you see a picture of something, he doesn't look that big, but he was a big fucking dude and strong as shit. And had he not had, had those back issues, it's no doubt in my mind he would have gotten the, the, the heavyweight strap. Now, we know how the heavyweight title works. Even if you get it, you can only defend it like twice. Like, that's the most. That's all you can do. <laughs> After that, it has to go to someone else because, I mean, heavyweight is just that division where everybody has knockout power and it only takes one punch. See, the difference is when we look at other divisions, we can see guys kind of go on a nice little run of defense it's never happened at heavyweight so even if we go to light heavyweight i mean you know tito was my guy once upon a time i hate tito now well hate is a strong word i strongly dislike tito now right but um you know tito had a nice little run you know it, definitely more than anything that's ever happened at heavyweight and that was the biggest run before john jones you know got the belt so We've seen runs and everything else, but at heavyweight, it's, I mean, it's hard to, to keep that run. It's just, you got so many guys that's just so big and strong. And, and as we know, it's not even, you don't even necessarily have to be the most skilled, even though they're very skilled because it only takes that one shot, you know, place to knock a guy out. He'll drink a beer out of your shoe.
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. And that, that's the reason why, like we talked about before, that's the reason why heavyweight is almost exempt for any conversations of pound for pound. You are the baddest dude. Period. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're the reason why they need another list because you would just beat the shit out of everybody else. So it's like, okay, okay. So, okay. For all of us, that's not your size. Who would win? <laughs> right. Cause we know you would win. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, but, um, Mhm. <laughs> right. <laughs> Listen. Mighty Mouse fighting style bender would be like Street Fighter and you pick a a midget to fight Dalsim. <laughs> That's what it would be like. It would look like he's just stretching across the cage and just kicking the shit <laughs> out of Mighty Mouse. <laughs> we need to put that fight together. <laughs> but we got so far off of the topic, but I think we covered the topic anyway. And, um, you know, for anybody that want to see, um, I definitely would say, you know, this would be a good fight to watch. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to end in a knockout. Let me clarify, though. When I say exciting, I don't think it's going to be a back-and-forth war. As I mentioned before, the first two fights were not like that. And for these guys in the world of kickboxing, it's usually not a war. It's usually whenever somebody really gets that angle to land clean, the other person goes out. That said, I'm really excited for this one. And um, Glory usually puts on pretty good cards. So if you ever thought about kind of getting into the world of kickboxing or seeing what it's about, this card on, uh, what is it, October 22nd? Um, yeah, I I'm sorry, October 8th. This card on October 8th should be a pretty good one. So I would check it out. Any last words? Yeah. Not to mention just showing the diversity that's out there. It's a lot of stuff out there. Not just the UFC. Um, you know, the UFC is definitely the biggest promotion in the U.S., but there's a lot of exciting fights. If you're really into combat sports, you know, don't lock yourself into just the UFC. You're going to miss a lot. You're going to miss a lot of amazing fighters and some great fights. That's all I got. Anything else from you? Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fat Boy MMA podcast. Thanks for listening. Come again.